Welcome to the DevReady Podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today, we're joined by Ron Lee Vass. He is the, um, the founder of Amplify. Uh, they're a podcasting agency and audio agency, marketing agency, one of the first or the first in Australia. Uh, Ron Lee, thanks for joining us. Hey, good, good, to ha- good to be here, Andrew. We've uh, definitely uh, you know, been through the tech rigmarole at the start of this uh, <laughs> we got podcast. There. We got there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The joys of the uh, the home podcast, yeah, over a remote web. So it works, but yeah, sometimes uh, things don't work. Now, for, in terms of um, who is Romsley? So tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and uh, how you sort of ventured into the world of podcasting. Well, here's the thing. I would rather not talk about myself because there's enough podcasts about Ronsley, his story, and all that kind of stuff. And you know what? To be honest, uh, it's just an entrepreneur trying to like do his thing. That's it. It's literally one step in front of the other, like trying to figure it out. Um, uh, and 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 realizing that there's this personal growth journey that comes with entrepreneurship. Um, and I'm learning all the time. And I think one of the things that I'm I'm I, I feel like I every time I learn something, I learned that I know so much less than what I actually thought I knew. And now Amplify, you know, is a company that is like we've got so many team members. But when we started, I did everyone's job, right? And but now when I see what they've they're doing, they are like leaps and bounds. I can't even some I can't even keep up. And I have a master's of software engineering, so it's like. Like they're, you know, changing stuff that I don't even understand at this point. But at one point I did the bare minimum and try to get a podcast agency going. So um, I just think I'm a an artist that has shiny ball syndrome and I just go after one shiny object after the other, really. Isn't that the joys of entrepreneurship? I think that uh, can be one of the, the joys and challenges of being in this space. Uh, we, we're trying to go after that that shiny new thing and we get sucked into it and pulled away from what's working sometimes. And, uh, yeah, we can all get pulled into that. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. yeah. I'll take it you're not, you're not a process-driven guy by the sound of it. <laughs> it's funny a, you say yeah. that. I mean, I wrote my thesis on process quality. I took two companies <laughs> to ISO 9001. It's so funny that you say that. I'm not a process guy. But, yeah, I mean, I like process. Um, I'm not – I don't love process. I don't I, – I, I like process. Um, but I think that process allows me to be creative as well. I think there's an element there that is that is – misunderstood and probably we think that it's black or white but it is actually a mixture of both because you know having process and having structure and having routines like i'm a i'm a sucker for routines i just finished 75 hard at the end of last year and i started 75 hard phase one this year just finished just finished phase one uh i don't know a week ago maybe um that's andy for sellers stuff right Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, yeah. Failed three times, four times, and phase one, um, the thirty days became three months. But you know, I I I think that all those routines, uh, including putting content out, including interviewing, including having these conversations, you know, all those are routines that allow the creative brain to do its cool stuff when you're not doing anything, but I think we feel like it's one or the other, but I think there's a mixture of both, if that makes sense. 
the constraints that are placed upon you from a process allow you to try and figure out how to improve that process. I think so that's where the creativity sort of comes from and allows you, even though that is contained and there is a process, you're always trying to improve it. So that's where the creativity area is. Yeah, I feel like when when people think of creativity, they think of someone just sitting in a room and just doing nothing or just doing whatever whatever the fuck they want, really. And and that's not necessarily the case. When you think about someone being creative, they have done lots of reps. They have practiced a muscle long enough that they can just be in flow in that time to create. And there's this lovely balance of artistry and uh, business that comes together with entrepreneurship, I think. And I feel like there's either the artist that has to learn to be the entrepreneur or the entrepreneur that, or, or sorry, the business owner or the business owner that has to learn to be the artist um, because you can't like get into everything and say, oh, I'm, not gonna, I'm only going to do this if there's an ROI. And that's what the business owner does. It's like, oh, I won't do this. Like, tell me the ROI. And, and it's actually, you have to find a place to play I think in business, there's sometimes there there is no ROI for a long time, and you investing in it because of the fact that one, we're in the world of a podcast, and there's, from our perspective, we're not measuring it on ROI. We're measuring on um, what are we sharing, what content is getting put out there, and who are we helping, um, who are we connecting to? Because I think this is a great way to connect and meet good people as well, and just um, reach out and. You really can break down your network pretty quickly and attach onto different people that you may never have got in contact to just from that business hat on. So there are different different methods and different thoughts, but that's one thing I found for podcasting is this one of the massive value adds from what I've seen. Yeah, by far, by far, the network, the networking effect is is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, I. Like to just give you an idea, on Thursday I fly. I mean, I, I'm really, really lucky that we can fly, but flying because a client of ours is shooting uh, a Netflix special and is, is like, and when I think about that, that would have never happened. Client, maybe friend more uh, is the term. And I think the network as a result of just like, you know, being in the podcasting game, I got invited to be on a board for a castle in Ireland at the end of last year. Like a castle in Ireland. <laughs> a 500-year-old castle to wow. be on the board. of the Yeah, it's it's mental. Like when I think about, you know, uh, I mean, for ex- our agency does work with uh, Vayner Talent, Vayner Media, all their clients. When I started to put that, break that down, and I started like, oh, last year my TEDx talk got made a TED talk. Like it's like what, like I can't even put into... You know, these, um, I got made a godfather for the second time as a result of meeting someone on my podcast. So, oh, you kidding? No, no, no jokes. No jokes. No jokes. That's, yeah, this very is, cool. It yeah. is absolutely one of the yeah. most mm-hmm. vital things about a podcast is the relationship building. And I feel like that is kind of misunderstood or misused. Um, but wow, what a connector. What a, uh, what an influence. It's made me the hub, you know, um, it, to a bunch of people. Now I've done what thousand three hundred interviews in total, maybe over the last seven eight years. Mm. That's a lot of conversations, a lot of people that I've spoken to. So it's it's um, it's uh, it it also allows perspective, man. Like I thought I was a good listener, then I started podcasting and I realized I was a bad listener. <laughs> then Clubhouse came along and I realized I was a really bad listener. 
So, you know, it's, it's all perspective. And I think, uh, yeah, it's the journey. It's the journey of being an entrepreneur. That's pretty cool. So in terms of, um, what, what drives you to do a thousand interviews? What can, what, what drives you to continue to go back? What is it? Because I know from business, putting business aside, what's the things that you get from it? Well, um, you know, you don't ask a dancer how long they get a chance to dance. They don't say, oh, I've spent the last two and a half hours dancing. They never say that. They like just say, I, I danced this week or I did not. And I think for me, um, who knew it was my voice? I, I, I still find I'm flabbergasted by that idea, you know, that it's my voice that makes us the money. <laughs> uh, it's so weird. But I know that I've misun been misunderstood growing up. Like every time I asked a question, I was thought to be questioning authority. So there's this wound and a psych like a like a a scar there that I feel like there's a gentleman called Philip McKernan. He's written a book called One Last Talk. And one last talk, basically the premise is if you had to give one last talk on the planet, what would it be and what would you say and who would you say it to? He's got a great quote in that book, and the, the quote goes uh, like this, your greatest gift lies next to your deepest wound. So I feel like that, that this voice aspect inside me, like it opens up channels that I cannot intellectualize. I cannot say this is the ROI I'm getting. I just feel entirely fulfilled. I feel I like absolutely love um, hearing someone speak up for the first time. Like I cannot even put into words. <laughs> I cannot, man. Like it is. No, just, I get that. Yeah, it's awesome to see when someone expresses themselves in front of you, right? And they feel like it's a, it's this almighty thing that they're coming into in a podcast, and then they come in and oh, that was a great conversation. We just had a chat. I go, yeah, that's all it is. It's just a conversation. Uh, we'll dig in and we'll go where it needs to go. And I think. Yeah, people don't get that, but it's great. Yeah, I, I agree with that, hundred percent. Yeah, and 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 that that's just probably that's probably it. Like, I have no expectation really out of any interview. I just I'm, I'm keen to just dance for however long <laughs> it's scheduled for. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the the dance of it. So when let's talk a bit more um a tactical. So from Amplify's perspective. Uh, how are you managing clients and then what do you advise them to do in the world of podcasting? Because this is obviously your job or one of the key aspects of what you do. Let's put it that way, not your job, um, a key aspect of what you do. Um, and it's yeah. maybe a key driver of what you do too and way you express yourself. Um, that's not in every entrepreneur that a podcast is the way they're going to go and do this right. So how would you recommend someone takes looks – at a podcast and makes use of it within their business, within the context of what they're doing. Yeah. I love this question. And I think this is a great question uh, for me to even remember to ask other people because um, I believe, let, let me, let me start to answer this like this. The maturity of social media for images is so mature that we have to stop our events to click a selfie so we can put it up there, okay? And us capturing images is not native to us. Voice is native to us. Let me start by saying that, number one. 
Number two, parents sing to their kids before they're even born. And there's this huge intimacy that comes with voice and having this connection with someone's voice and the frequencies and um, the vibration uh, of, the, of, the, of the voice. Three, audio is the only form of content that you can consume while you're doing other things. Everything else, every, sing, every other content, you have to stop what you're doing to consume it properly. And I didn't even, like, this. I don't, I'm not even getting into the stats of podcasting and why podcasting has got nothing to do with the word podcast. It's got everything to do with the fact that someone can hear you before they even consider whether you can help them, you can be in business with them, you can do whatever it is with them. And now, you know, <laughs> I've been doing this for so long. I feel like it's, I feel like I've just started because there've been people that have been doing podcasting for like, you know, donkey's years and they're like the uh, Mount Rushmore faces of podcasting. And I just feel like I'm a new kid on the block, but I realized that I've been doing it for a while. And when I first started convincing people to start a podcast, I tell this story a lot because I got thrown out of um, Chamber of Commerce Brisbane, Stephen Tate. Is a CEO. Threw me out, did he? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm being, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you know, he literally said to me, um, "Business owners have so many problems, Ronsley. Are you telling me a podcast is going to solve them?" And and I just could not convince him. Funny story: two and a half years later, we started the business of a breakfast podcast, and we did that for Chamber of <laughs> Commerce. So I tell the story because it's got a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is, along the journey of pitching to businesses, I would say things, different things to convince them. But one of the things I would say most recently was, can you imagine what's going to happen when we have social media for audio? Like, can you even think about that is so native to us and we figure out a way to be social on audio because we've been having telephone calls, just... Just imagine that going to social media. And last year, that happened. Now, like everyone else, I thought it was a fad, did not do anything. Some of my friends are investors in Clubhouse. They, I got invited in November, didn't sign up. And then something happened in December. And then I started 75 Hard in January. So I didn't want to go live on video, decided to go live on audio. And I realized that now for a business owner, you can be social with, with your voice on Clubhouse, capture that, create your Netflix special as your podcast, and then invite people to your sales conversation as a business, whatever that sales conversation looks like. If it's a partnership, it's a business deal or, a, or whatever, whatever that looks like for you. And that is all voice. And you think about opening up conversations on a social media platform then taking that and then having this really in-depth consumable form of content, which is the podcast, which ultimately leads them into a, um, you know, to hear you uh, before they buy from you. I think that's the way you start to think about your business. And you think that I was one of those people who did not want to use emoticons in anything, <laughs> but fuck, god damn. <laughs> Yeah, probably one of those still. But anyway, <laughs> Clubhouse. Um, you mentioned quite a bit there. There's quite a bit of content, but Clubhouse was one of them. But the the power of the voice, um, and I think you framed that really well. Uh, you take your pair, we're all technology back. Take us back 
20, 30, 50 years, all we had was voice. Um, we had nothing else. Um, visual came in from a, a TV perspective, but that was just a representation, a flat screen of what we saw in real life. Um, and then it's evolved to text, which I've never really enjoyed doing. It's not natural to a human being to be typing away and sitting on a keyboard every day. So the power of the voice, and it's quite interesting, um, the how you frame that. So, yeah, I think there's plenty to take away from that and, and what maybe diving into Clubhouse could do for yourself, your business, your podcast. Well, Clubhouse is a platform. I mean, LinkedIn uh, mentioned they're getting into the, the live audio uh, social media for audio, Spotify announced a competitor for Clubhouse. Uh, Twitter's already playing in it with Spaces. There's lots of platforms that is social media. I'm, Clubhouse, I'm saying Clubhouse because it's the most popular one at this point, even though it's not open to two thirds of the population yet. Just look at that. Like, look at the signs. That's it. Like, you don't, like, I think we tell ourselves these really crazy stories. Just look at the signs and Make up your mind and think about that it's taken us, what, 18 or 19 years to get to 1 million podcasts, which happened f March last year or February last year. And we've got 2 million podcasts now. So it's doubled in the, in the last 12 months. So just look at what the signs are doing and think whether, you know, voice and audio is for you and whether it'll represent your business. That's all. So if I'm um, looking at, and I find it interesting just to, Go back to one of your comments around um, comparing that you're the new kid on the block. We've only done 60 episodes, so now I feel really like the new kid on the block. <laughs> so, yeah, you can compare to the, the top end or the low end. There's, it doesn't matter who you're comparing to, and I think it's just putting it out there, just compare to what you're up to. Just look at it. Am I improving at what I'm doing? I think that's where we need to sort of frame it from. Um, yes, because there's always someone that's done more than us, less than us, and everything in between. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I, I think that the reason I bring that up is I, I feel like there are so many people that have laid the platform for me, you know, to be able to do this. And there were people that were very pure to the podcast game. And there were a lot of people that were deviating. And I had certain people I looked up to and I stayed pure as much as I could and, you know, did my own version. And, and I just feel like I don't want them to not be noticed as a result of all this new growth right because they literally were around when this wasn't a cool thing to do <laughs> what do you mean by pure in the context of the podcast game not repurposed audio is probably the simplest way to put it mm -hmm. so actually okay. hosting a dedicated show effectively get it it's a uh, very easy to misuse audio and now when you think about people getting live audio in one space and they can just consume it. There's going to be, you would, let's put it this way. You would never read a book that wasn't edited. You would never read a blog post that was not edited. Why would you listen to a podcast that's not edited? Yep. But that's going to change now with the kind of podcast coming out and the people that are putting effort into their podcasts. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it is, is evolving. And we we don't edit much of the podcast, if anything. Um, just which, the gaps and the ums and ahs, which yeah. hopefully the guy doesn't take out just now. Yeah, we've, we've chosen to just keep it pure. And I think, that, is that where you're coming from? Yeah, okay. Because it is a conversation, and I think there's a lot of um, – there's okay, there's okay to have silence, and I think it's just understanding where the person's coming from, and they're in their mind thinking. And I think that's okay, and I don't see any, a, a yeah. problem with that at all. And I, I think it's – to 
to edit things and create a show out of it, that's another sphere. It in depends my what sort of show you're trying to create. Yeah. Are you creating a scripted, highly polished show or are you just hosting a conversation where people are learning? Yeah, I mean- I listen to both types on my own podcast that I listen to. I think the what I was trying to say is sometimes people already have content and they just reuse it and they think that that is a podcast. Now, when you create a show and you have an intent around what the show is and what it's going to do for the audience, that's, I mean, there's no purity levels there. Sometimes like my show, for example, Psychology of Entrepreneurship, there's 40 hours a week that goes into each uh, episode or volume. We call them volumes because it's like, it's like so much of work, so much of scripting, narration, audio design, sound design. It's like, uh, and that goes out every week. And literally this, literally today, we decided to take four weeks break because it's been so much of work. We just, hit, uh, we're going to release uh, volume 74. And, um, you know, and that's an evolution of doing so many other shows and going, okay, I don't want to do it this way. I think I can express myself this way, but that's not what I mean by purity. What I mean by purity is, um, thinking that voice and audio isn't important and kind of go, oh, video is more important. I'll do video and then just repurposing the audio. And I think that the problem there is that it's actually a video show that you've repurposed the audio as opposed to an audio show that you've just kind of used the video, which is a very different way of looking at it. Yeah, you have to, you're okay. doing the audio and it needs to serve the purpose and the medium it's written for. Like you said earlier, if you stop to take a selfie, you're stopping to take a photo for that or for that platform. You're not going to then take that, pass it into like an AI thing and write an article saying there's a green tree behind the person to describe the image. <laughs> Same type of thing. I understand why you chime in now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the chime in. <laughs> Very cool. So you mentioned a couple of times we haven't got in anywhere near it really. Um, I'm running a business. Um, people perceive podcast to be a, a means of marketing and that's that's the reality right now they, they perceive it as a way to market um but i sort of coin it from perspective of the only reason why we started this podcast is we wanted to help people share their stories their journeys and what might actually give value back to a community i think you need to stand on something when beginning a podcast. I think, yes, if you frame it from a business outcome perspective, it can be, get a bit grey. Um, I'll tell you a bit about a story of how we started it. We had back in October 2019, and I believe I was actually chatting to you on SMS about starting a podcast at the time, but <laughs> I'll get into that. It was a pretty funny story. You said, what's your niche? And I said, yeah, this is what it is. So back in 2019, um October it was, in a week or two, we had five entrepreneurs, business owners that was looking at or building products. So the building tech products and they were, um, they were all in a position of complete failure. They spent over a million, $1.2 million, complete failure. All write-offs needed to start again. And I, Anthony and I were looking at different mediums and we said, well, why don't we share stories? Um, this is definitely going to help somebody. Uh, so the first lady that was on our podcast, Judy Selman, she was one of those uh, five, and she said, shared a story, and that was the beginning. And yeah. we didn't know what we'll get into. Uh, we did one, and we thought, oh, it's still another one, and another one, and it just evolved. And, and then decided to be consistent, and you know, mm -hmm. we're still going. But yeah. the thing we normally don't tell people is we were thinking of doing a podcast for about one to two years before okay. that moment. Mm -hmm. We just didn't know what we were going to do it on or what Correct. the topic was about. Like, all right, we'll do a talk podcast, but who wants to hear 
something from us. <laughs> so <laughs> now it's not from us. Yeah. We're sharing yeah. stories. It's not me just telling you super technical things, which is mm. the wrong focus anyway. I'm not hosting a developer podcast. Mm. That's such an important point. I mean, when you think about creation and you think about people, you know, spending money on things that ultimately feel like a, a waste. I mean, um, I know you asked me this question at the start and I probably should have answered it, but I didn't have a proper answer. Like getting into the podcasting game, I came in with half a million dollars of debt from my first business that shut overnight, which was a restaurant business. Um, and and when I think about <laughs> putting money into something and hoping that it would return, it's the restaurant like putting so much money into it and then hoping that it will return. And so you don't have any leeway to move that if something drastic happens, then you are just stuck with half a million of in debt or, you know, declare bankruptcy. So I feel like, um, I feel like that's such a, such an important part of, um, of anyone doing anything in business is like starting with that initial idea of why you're doing it for what reason, who is it going to benefit? Is there a market? Is there a market? It's probably the most important one above everything else is because sometimes, not sometimes, 99% of the time, we think we know what our market wants. And 99% of the time, the market tells us, fuck off, get to know us better. It's true. Yeah, I think um, that is the, 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 the doom of the entrepreneur. It's the, it's the challenge. It's Yes, we have an idea. Let's just build it and hope someone comes. But um, yeah, speaking to markets important. Understanding who your market is and being around them for a long period of time is very important. Otherwise, we don't know what they want and we don't really understand what, what they're thinking. So, in so, the, in a con- yeah. so you guys, you guys yeah. do tech stuff. Is it like developer, yeah. or like we we're software we're, developers? That's what we are. So, build. Yeah. Fascinating, right? Because I wrote my, I wrote my uh, master's thesis on soft on, on process quality. Uh, I merged um, rigid process with um, agile techniques, and it's funny because now agile has come into every po- you know project management system. But the principles of agile at the time even were misunderstood as ad hoc, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And like, <laughs> <still> my, <are. laughs> yeah, and and my yeah. whole my mm-hmm. whole initial introduction of my thesis was to explain to someone reading the thesis that wait a minute, Agile is not actually ad hoc. And I think that there's this beautiful way that you can do business that's not the rigid way. And it is the Agile way where you have, you're repeatedly getting feedback. And I think that's the best way to put it for anyone that's in a tech space is the method, Agile method works because of the regular constant feedback between team and customers and stakeholders. That is the reason it works, and that's the reason why it, it is applied in a lot of project management systems. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the feedback loop if you're not getting the feedback. And that's the big the waterfall model where you wait a year to get feedback, and <laughs> then that year comes and no one wants what you've got. And that's a major issue. You know, I think Agile is, in a, in a way, we, we, we probably communicate it is, it is having a vision, having a, a direction, having a little bit of a plan, but be willing to evolve that and move with it and shift with what comes at you because 
if you're too fixated on where you are and where you're going and there's no movement, that's when trouble hits. And that's when if you're not engaged with the stakeholders, your clients and everyone in between, um, you're not going to get that piece of gold that's going to actually add the value that you're looking to add because we're all looking to help in some context, right? Um, and I think the Agile methodology, if you're using the right frame of reference, yeah, can really make a big difference in what you're doing and you can actually create new things as a result of going through that journey. Yeah, I never thought I'd use that analogy on a podcast. So, well, you know, that's, uh, yeah. hmm. it's been so long yeah. since, uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, I'm glad. So in terms of, um, and that's who we're here to help. We're here to help people with ideas, creative people generally. They can be technical people too, but what we've found is those people that come into this world of technology, they can get a little bit lost. They're not sure where to go, where to turn, um, and they may jump into something way too early before they're, they're ready as to the context of what the podcast is about and how we talk about it. Um, the readiness of development is getting to a point where you have really tested some things with clients first. It's not about just jumping right in head first and just building something and uh, hoping for the best. And that's that's where, where we stand it from. And it's just educating people on the fact of, in the end, um, your customers know what they need, but you also have to be there listening and be open to hearing what they're not saying. Um, there's a bit of that in that too, and that's where creativity comes in, and you might be able to add value based on just something you hear in a conversation or the way they're doing things, and you continue to evolve, and that's business 101, really. Yeah, and that's similar to how you said you approach the podcast, runs. if you don't have, you don't know what the market wants or your target customers are and what outcomes you've got, you're not going to build the right thing. It's the same thing with software. Yeah. Just once a much more costly experience than just sitting in yes. front of a microphone for an hour. <laughs> You're right. You do want to do it the quick way. Yeah, you're right. And, it can and, be costly and, if you want to try to be very professional about it too. And I think, and I think to add on to that story of the half a million in debt, because what happened after that was that I had this debt and I had so many jobs I couldn't keep a job because I was not employable. And um, and I started a podcast, obviously, that got to a million listeners in like four and a half months because it was in the banner section of iTunes. Now, everyone at that point was like, Ronsley helped me start a podcast. Now I was a chef, right? I was a chef. I had a chef business and the so podcast was about, mm-hmm. no, I was, I've done a bunch of things, financial advisor, <laughs> software <laughs> sounds engineer. Like, sounds like you uh, like to try a number of things. Shiny, <laughs> shiny balls. Yeah. <laughs> shiny ball Love syndrome. Yeah. Um, but the point is that what happened was when all these people were like, help me start a podcast, Ronsley, I was like, okay, that's interesting. I will take on eight people and I'll take two people one-on-one and I'll take six in a group and I put it out onto Facebook. I'm like, all right, all these people have been asking me about a podcast. Uh, I'm going to take on eight people. This is the deal. At the end of the week, I had 32 grand in my account and I had not built the course yet. This was in 2016. Uh, And this is the reason I'm telling you all this is that this is the most important part of any product market fit is finding product market fit. He's finding the MVP that the market wants and says, can I give you money because I want to solve this problem really badly? Because until that point, like I've got, I've had so many failed launches of what I thought was a product that people wanted. Um, and I think that it hurts the ego to fail in a launch 100%, but you can learn so much and not hurt, hurt the bank account. I hope that was making sense because that is such an important point 
for anyone, whether creative or tech, but especially creatives, because we can spend time creating and help and go. I love creating. If it never goes anywhere and I don't have to make money from it, I'll be like a pig in shit, <laughs> you know, but there has the market needs, needs, wants to have to look at my art and say, oh, that's valuable. Let me pay him something for it. How do you get yourself off the canvas when you're $500 down, or $500,000 down? Excuse me, I'll just add the extra zeros on. How, does, how do you pick yourself up? Where do you go? Obviously, that's not a great place to be. No one wants to be there. Um, and uh, they'll be challenging both ego, one, um, and then two, you've got, I'm not sure what position you're in, family responsibilities. What do you do? Like, where, where do you go from there? And then... <laughs> To jumping on poker, what did, what did you do in that mind in that frame? Because I, I find that quite intriguing as to how you got through that. Yeah, it's one of the most I get asked that question the most. But I was three months married, so I just got married three months in. Um, we did service on Saturday. On Sunday, the locks were changed, and it was like it was it was it was. Lawyers had to get involved. Didn't have money to pay the lawyers to get involved. It was like this catch twenty two, right? And they didn't let us in to the building at all. So I couldn't get any of my, like, my grandmother's tablecloths, for example, is something that I really wanted. Luckily, I have a set of software tech background. So I, I um, remotely connected to the computer, removed all the data, uh, wiped off the computer, which was probably the most important thing, I think, uh, in the grand scheme of things. Um, but, but, um, Man, one step at a time, really. I didn't have any courage. My wife lent me a lot of her courage at the time. I think having someone like that around is, ooh, uh, you know, extremely helpful because, yeah, you know, if she didn't have that, then who knows? Like, it could have gone very badly. And um, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it was just one small step after the other trying to make this little thing work and you know what i did 18 of those trainings that i was talking about 18 times to pay out this loan and this not loan sorry this debt which was uh, which took us two years and a month to clear to go to zero um and it was because you know of this training thing doing it so many times and as a result you know we started i started the first i say we I started the first podcasting conference, We Are Podcast, in 2015. As a result of that, in 2016, the agency started. In 2017, we signed the first deal with Amazon, with the Library of Sound, to upload to Audible for the next 10 years. Like I, like TEDx talk, TED, like what? I, that is mental. <laughs> that yeah. I can't even. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. So one step at a time, and you don't know where you're going to be, um, and what's around the corner, do we? I think we. As, as people, we can get stuck in one place and in a world of pain, I would imagine at that time, it wouldn't be very comfortable being in that, in that surrounding. But there are, there, there is another way. There might be another mold and another thing for you. Um, and things happen for a reason. And that one person or those eight people that asked the question about how do I start a podcast has set you on a chain. And for you to have the openness to dig in and just say, yeah, let's try this. Um, 
And I think yeah, giving something a go is probably uh, one of the biggest things that's got you to where you are today. Uh, you could have just closed in and said, no, I do podcasts on my own. I don't know, teach podcasts. But I think it's it's just an interesting story how you got to the point of, all right, let's just put a Facebook post out. <laughs> <What got you? laughs> that's, that Facebook post has changed the whole direction of where you are now. It's pretty crazy, really. It is. I mean, when you put it that way, I mean, there's a lot of things that um, – I look back because the other day I was thinking of the fact that I was, I've been a best man for seven people. <laughs> and I find that mental when I tell mm-hmm. them, like, I didn't realize that until my wife's like, you realize that that is not normal, right? <laughs> and um, I don't know, man, I just feel lucky. I feel blessed, really. I feel that um, any entrepreneurial journey is going to have these these points like i think i'm a way better entrepreneur now a better person a better husband for sure uh, because i i could lean on my wife and i you know i didn't have the male sort of i gotta provide i didn't it was not given to me it was not i didn't have that option i just had to lean and learn to um learn to accept where i was and that's a that's a big lesson to learn, man. Like to no. just understand that that's really, this is the cards you have. You don't have any more cards. Just play. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think the choices that you made are clearly a good ones. People can go in other, all sorts of directions being in that position. And um, yeah, it's, it's tough. But I think just one step at a time is what you said is probably the, the only way you can get through that, right? But I think that's the context of everything too. And I think we overcomplicate everything. doesn't matter what position we're in, it's still one step at a time, right? It's You can't build uh, – Rome was a building a day, as the old saying goes, but one step at a time to build anything. And I think the journey will evolve as it has for you. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, would say, oh, Amplify, what a great success. Amplify became a million-dollar company in nine months. But it took eleven years to get to that yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. No one ever sees the uh, the before. No, bit. they never think see it was that a, at all. Lionel Messi had a quote like that, and they asked him, "So overnight success when you first got signed for was it Barcelona?" And he's like, "Yep, yeah, nineteen years in the making." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all practice. Uh, it's all, and and that's the the thing about that failure at that time would have given you a good grounding, and you would have learnt something from it. What's some of the learning from that specific point in time that you'll take away? Oh, belief in myself really is a big one. Like I feel, I feel like entrepreneurs get into entrepreneurship for different reasons. Uh, Sometimes we get to, I went from one achievement to the other, trying to prove something to someone that didn't even, I didn't even like, I, I, always i mean i always had his approval or their approval like you know i i it was it was weird for me to even think that i didn't have it but i didn't appreciate any of my accomplishments really at all until i started to understand that um i couldn't give anyone anything i didn't have so how could i give someone belief how could i lead a team and give them belief if i didn't have belief in myself and um learning that and even being able to express that in a way that someone else can understand that very simply and they can go and implement that very straight away. like you know i didn't think of that before i came into this conversation it just came from somewhere and it seemed it sounds right and i hear it and i go wow that sounds right 
it's not necessarily me. It's just a combination of different people that have told me different things and it came out that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. But that belief that I didn't have to prepare for this necessarily for this to be meaningful or, you know, I just self-belief in all my reps that I can just come here and my reps are done. I'm just playing, you know, and whatever I can enjoy, I can enjoy this, this game. So, um, yeah, I just feel lucky, man. Extremely. Oh, it comes through you. Um, that's for sure. Game. You framed it as a game because it is a game. <laughs> I think, um, we're all on a game and on a journey and it's going to end at some point and no one knows when, right? Um, and I think we take it way too bloody seriously. Um, I can do that. We all can do that. Sometimes just having a bit of fun in the, in the moment is, is very important. I think that's probably one thing that I've gotten out of podcast is it's fun. It's, Chatting to Ronsley on a what is what's, what is it? I don't even know what day it is. It's a Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, sitting in Melbourne in my at my house in my house, and it's you get to have a bit of fun and just have a conversation around. Trying to what's, enjoy it, yeah, exactly. Take so it in and learn. Mm, there's plenty of learning in it all. Um, for the for the person listening out there, um, the non tech building tech. They're in a position where they're, they're going through a lot of learning evolution using agile methodologies, we hope, in some context. Um, <laughs> not that ad hoc model, though, but when you, when you talk about podcasts, and I sent you a message on Facebook, it was probably pre when we started the podcast, you said, who's your niche? Who are you targeting? Who are you trying to help? I didn't have an answer at that point. So that's when I think Anthony mentioned it. We were looking to start a podcast for a few years. And I think, yeah, sometimes that comes to you. Uh, sometimes that we don't have to force things on us. Um, but what would you recommend if someone really wants to go on this journey of sharing their voice, letting it out there, talking to their community, to their clients, to their network, whatever it might be? What would you recommend? Where would they start? How would they just take the step and the plunge, really? Well, it doesn't have to be a plunge, you know, um, Fair Andrew, point. Uh, because when I think about, I think about the institutions that have educated us and have installed what they call discipline in us, the institutions that have made us do certain things, those institutions did not tell us to raise our voices. It did not tell us to question authority. It did not tell us to have our own thought. So there's, we're, we're already from that standpoint, we're kind of like, there's this baggage that comes with using our voice, which is very, very important to realize. Um, and the other thing is we all want to make an impact on the planet and we all want to look good while we make that impact. And it never is the case uh, <laughs> where that happens. So, um I would say that um, this is what I would say. My ancestors and your ancestors did not have the ability to speak their mind. They did not have the ability to turn something on and be heard by people from all over the planet about their thoughts and their ideas and their point of view and their perspective. And I think just based on that alone, uh, we owe our ancestors a lot for the platform they've given us. They've given us a huge platform that we don't have to worry about safety as much, especially in Australia. God damn, you know, like think about that. And then you think about the fact that you have this freedom of speech and you have the ability to make a stand and you have the ability to 
say something from an educated standpoint or from a point perspective or from a perspective of shining a light on something that you care deeply about. And I think if you if we just place that in perspective, um, there's no necessarily a need to to be heard and feel like you're respected because of the thoughts you put out. That's not what a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not about, is it? No. It's not about. It's not about <laughs> no. that. So it's just. It's about. Um, it's about using your voice, hearing your voice, and then refining your argument as a result of that. Uh, there's, there's plenty in that, and I think, I think we are in an interesting predicament or position right now as a, as a culture society. We have so much in front of us. We have the ability to um, jump online, automate so many different things in our world, in our lives. Um, we have access to a VA overseas that can do things in terms of what we might need. We have access to people all over the world. We have expanded our network as a result of what's going on through COVID. It's quite interesting. I think the world's come closer. Uh, we we have clients now in, in Singapore, um, speaking to a guy out of Italy next week, uh, the US, and we were just a Melbourne company <laughs> a year and a half ago. And I think it's just allowed us to open up. And I think um, I agree that we're, we're blessed in terms of what we have in, in front of us. And um putting a podcast together. It's not about what comes out. I think it's more about who you're connecting with and the conversation that you're on and just being in that. That's what I find a podcast is um, and the value that you can add. Hopefully someone listening can take something from it. That's 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 really all I uh, jump into it for. And you asked me a question earlier, Andrew, about how do you take courage You know, when you're down? I think that having Bond Appetit, because I, real, I used to, to release Bond Appetit three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I did the, everything on my own. Yeah. And um, I genuinely believe that my conversations with people would shift my energy ever so slightly because they were different, right? I was not in my little, my victim hole of half a million in debt or half a million in debt. I was like, every time there was this conversation, my energy and my my perspective was being shifted and i think that slowly shifted me out of my little hole that i was in interesting and I've, i don't know if i've mentioned it to anything that's probably the most enjoyable thing out of the podcast it's the energy shift i get that too every time i have a conversation and it doesn't matter who it is um they always engage me intrigue me in a certain way um and you know i, I it changes mindset and i think that and you mentioned it right at the beginning, the entrepreneurship, it's a journey, it's an evolution, and it's a learning, and it's we're evolving uh, in this space. And I think for me, a podcast can allow you to evolve 10 times further and quicker and faster because you're connecting on a different level and you're having different conversations and you're asking different questions. And I, if you are looking to yeah, add value, and when I got into it, it was all about just how do we help? But then there's the selfishness of me saying, oh, I'm going to learn a lot out of this conversation. Um, and that's just being in that and enjoying that is probably the best part about the podcast, really. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You wouldn't sure. want to do it if that wasn't there. No. I wouldn't be involved in it every day. And drive. You have to take something yeah. out of whatever you're doing. Otherwise, you're not going to Correct. be doing it for long. Yeah. It's enjoy it, right? So there's an enjoyment factor in it. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 So going back to. Um, 
Romsley, whenever your career started, um, what sort of advice would you give him um, on the journey from what you've learned now? What are two or three takeaways that you would say start here or think about this first? What are some of the things that you would reflect on to Ronsley of 20 years ago, wherever that might be? I don't know whether that Ronsley would understand even, (laughs) you know, it's like, I think that information comes to you at the right time. And I don't think that, you know, like when, when I tell you the story right now, you might think that, oh, wow, it's not, like you made good, like you even said that you made good decisions. God damn, no, I did not. Uh, it sounds like a great story because we're connecting the dots looking backwards. The great Steve Jobs quote about that. And it sounds like a great story because we are humans and we create these, oh, there's a connection here. There's a connection there. There's a connection there. And it sounds fascinating. And, um, you know, I'm a keynote speaker. I use these things and obviously it comes out like it's great. But holy shit, I've made some bad decisions in my life. God damn. Like, and, and I think that because social media and because these conversations and a lot of the times we don't talk about, you know, the times we were in fetal positions. We don't talk about the times that things are extremely hard and you've hit a wall. We don't talk about the time that we almost canceled this interview because I literally on Easter Sunday hit a brick wall and we canceled a lot of the other things for this week and the start of next week just to give me breathing space because I don't know how to take a break. I have to, like people have to tell me. <laughs> it almost got cancelled from both ends. I've got a head cold I'm, I'm holding at the moment. I'll be, I was in bed this morning, but I got up and said, we, we rescheduled it once. We've got to do the podcast. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, it's lifted me up this afternoon, which is awesome. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's all these conversations that don't get heard and we only see the highlight reel on social media and we feel like we've got to compare our lives to that. And it's not the case at all. Like we're all have our own shit to deal with, really. <laughs> so if you were to go back, you just would say it's going to be a rocky road. Expect that, learn from it and evolve from it. And I, that's probably what I'd take from it. <laughs> I actually believe that my 21 years in Australia has been the absolute holiday. Like, um, it's been the best ride. It's been such a, uh, 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 I don't know. It's been opportunity after opportunity. I didn't realize I was a person of color until last year. I didn't realize that I was, that my voice as an Australian or a new Australian even mattered like at all until last year. So there's all these really interesting factors that come into play when you start to like understand that every human's going through their own journey. And, you know, uh, it's just so vital to have these conversations and feel like, you know, you're not alone and it's not only happening to you. It's not only in your head. It's like, we're all like a bit messy or a bit fucked up, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, we're all, there's a battle inside, that's for sure. Everyone's got their own path. They yeah, they do. Yeah, uh, it's that and that battle, right? And it's it's the toing and throwing. It should I? Shouldn't I? Um, it's the the questioning. It's the ref, the reflecting on the. When I reflect on the good so much, we generally uh, ponder and sit in in the in the shit, as you would call it, a lot more as a human being. So, I think there's there's plenty in it, and I think we're all on a on a path and a journey, um, but. The key takeaway for me from this chat is use your voice, share your story, um, and whatever it might be, uh, you're, you're adding value to whoever 
is around you, but you're also just expressing yourself. And I think the podcast allows you to express yourself in a different way and it gives you a different frame of references to how you might communicate and it just changes your maybe your vision of who you could become as well. I, I see a podcast doing to myself I, in terms of who it is and what it is for me. I actually will add to that, Andrew, mm-hmm. and I'll say that just based on what I've, I've never actually thought of this before until right now, I feel like just based on what I said before and what was said through this whole conversation, the structures that have been built for us to not raise our voice and not to say what we care, what we care about, right? So our previous generation doesn't know how to train the next one to do it. So it's super important for us to do it so we can teach the next generation how to do it proper. And I think that is like, I've never thought of it that way, but I think that gives me even more motivation to learn how to do it and, and learn how to say something in a way that it's okay for someone to say, but I don't think that. I think it's like this. Why not? You know, it's okay. I don't have to be the expert and I don't have to get it right all the time. And I think that's important um, to educate and help others that come beneath us or after us, uh, but also... I'm talking like I'm in the same breadth of you, but nowhere near that. But <laughs> after that, I think it's important that um, we reflect on our own growth patterns and who, we get, who we're becoming to. And I think, yeah, to sharing out your stories is important. And I think, yeah, that's definitely one thing that I'll take away from this and sharing voice. Um, and you said don't be the – you don't have to be the expert, and that's definitely for sure. You don't have to stand on a pedestal and share it all out. And I think that's – but there's so much to be learned to learn from others within our network. Mm-hmm. In terms of amplify, tell us a, in 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 a good five minutes what is amplify? Why is it so important? Why would someone want to engage with a business like Amplify to pretty much amplify what they're up to? Really, from what I'm gathering, great name by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Classic. Uh, yeah. It's actually built on on um, on the book I wrote called Amplify, which is a seven step framework, A M P L I F Y. So it's all interlinked, and it's the seven steps is what we implement in 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 people's businesses. And the Amplify framework brings together three main aspects, which is marketing foundations, which podcasts miss before they build a podcast. Mm-hmm. Then is the podcast, which is launching audio, which is the highest form of engagement than any other piece of content. And then is a sales machine, which is super important for a business to take the marketing foundations, build the la- the audio from there and then tack on a sales machine so that that delivers an audio marketing machine for the business. Now, our clients are like um, some of the most coolest people on the planet from like actors, uh, politicians, influencers. Um, it's just they do some incredible work and they do some, you know, incredible um, things around uh, on the planet. So we... Um, we specialize in just making sure that, um, that, uh, the important voices are heard and they're heard by the right people. And, um, and it has to be sustainable. It has to be a way for us to get uh, a return on that. So, um, it's all part of the framework. It's a book I, I wrote in 2016 that, uh, is used in a lot of businesses and people use them, use the framework to implement into their businesses. So, uh, if you're looking to do that, then, um, I'm sure you can get it on Amazon. I'm pretty sure. 
It's on I'm Amazon. Sure we'll be able to find it on Amazon. Yeah, we'll put it. We'll put in the uh, the note of the um, the episode as it goes out. So definitely share it out in terms of the book itself. So, Ron, Ronsley, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on and just talking all things podcast, a bit about your journey, your history, uh, how you got to where you are now, and uh, touching upon Amplify and what it's doing for uh, the community and who you're helping serve and get their voice out. And I think um, it's pretty important stuff in terms of where I'm sort of sitting. So if anyone's looking to start a podcast, I think probably the book might be the best place to start from uh, the Amplify um, forever reference. But uh, is there any other ways that they might work with you moving forward or want to, um, if they're looking to start a podcast? What would you um, would they get involved with Amplify itself, or would the book be the first point of call? Well, uh, even before the book, you can just go to should I start a podcast dot com and um, <laughs> nice um, start there. Brilliant! Thanks, Ronsley. Thanks for joining us. We'll share out all your um, your links in the in the show notes. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thanks, boys. It's a pleasure.